Welcome, everybody, to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham DeWeese, and I am back once again with Brian the Soul Man Solak and Matthew Page. What's going on, guys? Hey, what up, what up? All right. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Sports is slow. Sports news again. Yes. (laughs) That's what I was doing. (laughs) Exactly. There's actual things to talk about. We're not just making up up things like TMZ. Speaking of TMZ, guys. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. Well, no, we got to get on these guys' case. Often, they do a pretty decent job, but it's been found out with this whole Dunbar situation, the uh, new Seattle Seahawks cornerback, Quentin Dunbar, it turns out he may not have been guilty of a robbery and that news of him being involved may have come out too soon. Have you guys been following this? If so what do you guys think? Well, Annette, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, well, then that, that makes sense about having the five people who have signed testimonies saying that he wasn't even there. That, that, that makes that aspect of it make a little more sense. Well, now that, but then why does the police jump to it and, and arrest him too? That's the question. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, trouble going on, trouble of brewing, in that those five testimonies, uh, they recanted what they told the police. So the police went off the information of these witnesses to arrest Dunbar and uh, that guy Baker from the Giants, um, and then all of a sudden now there's naf- there's sworn affidavits to the contrary of what they told the police. And yeah, so now, <laughs> now we don't know what's going on. So did they commit perjury in the affidavits or when they talked to the police or did they, was he really there and then they got paid to change their testimony or there's a lot of questions now. Uh, yeah, there is. Wow. Where, where, where did you read that? I want to, Look at that later, Abe. Do you remember? I, yeah, no problem. I, I, uh, uh, that was actually based on an interview with, uh, with your, with your favorite guy, Softy Mahler, uh, this week. Oh. Uh, he interviewed, interviewed the lawyers for Dunbar. Uh, and then, okay. And I believe the Seattle Times picked up on it as well. Uh, yeah, it was okay. It, it's pretty fascinating because, like you said, Matt, who's lying? You know, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, are the police lying? <laughs> yeah, are the are the defendants lying? Are the uh, obviously the witnesses are lying because they can't seem to keep their story straight. Well, um, yeah, I'm not saying yeah. the police are lying. I'm I'm saying the witnesses. Some of them are lying in one direction or the other because you can't both be right on both situations, and the police obviously have to figure out which which way to go. Well, no, you the know, police... they, if they're told on the scene, hey, this guy was here, and hey, he did this, then they have five people saying, or multiple people saying he did it. I mean, they're going to act on that. Yeah. Now, where the police get into trouble, though, um, and maybe this is more the DA, um, is there was a leak to TMZ, and that getting out makes this into a public affair and makes it much worse. You know, uh, <laughs> instead of just a case of mistaken identity, it becomes it becomes a case of, you know, a police agency that looks like they don't know what they're doing. Um, and yeah, I believe, I believe, I believe this was a leak at the police department level and not at the DA's office. So uh, don't quote me on that though. Why, why uh, I hate TMZ. I just want to say, is there a chance that they can go bankrupt like the XFL? Cause they're awful. <laughs> <laughs> 
unfortunately, no. There's always going to be people who want to read that kind of news, and the paparazzi are always going to get paid. Uh, and oftentimes they do. Terrible. Oftentimes they get enough right to add a little bit of credibility. Um, but no, they're okay. they're devious and and scumballs, uh, and they operate behind this mantle of reporting what an insight. You know, people can't see me do air quotes, but insider source tells them. So they're not even liable. They're not even liable for you know uh, slander or anything like that because. Well, yeah, they they make sure to word it as in here is what we've heard or you know that kind of thing. You know, yeah, I was told yeah, by somebody that this guy did that. Yeah, where it's the same. It's the same kind of yeah. It's it, it's it's the same kind of um, uh, wording that everyone uses in news nowadays to make sure they're not liable for what they report. Ugh. What a joke. I mean, ESPN does it. You know, New York Times does it. Fox News does it. Every every news, that, that source out there does it. They word it pretty carefully to make sure they don't get sued. Yeah. Uh. Well, I mean, that's a whole Earl Thomas situation, right? Um, in his in his case, uh, his little shenanigans, he was able to get away with for about a month before TMZ caught a hold of that one. Well, since you're, since you're brought up TMZ, uh, there's a soft, a sore topic I want to bring up briefly. And sure. Hopefully we can keep it brief. But TMZ was apparently the first one to report yesterday that former quarterback ESPN analyst Ryan Leaf was arrested for domestic battery. Is that how they put it? I believe so, yeah. It was one charge, yes. Uh, I, I mean – I saw more evidence online, but I'm, I mean, I'm hoping there's more to the story than that because he, he, he's had a screwed up life, but he's, he's turned himself around and I, I, I'm just hoping he's not popping pills or anything or, what, or maybe he just has an anger problem. I, I don't know. I, just, I don't know what to believe from TMZ, but I just hate seeing Ryan Leaf get trashed on national media right now because everybody, the, the guys, he, he screwed up in the past and I, I just think there's more to the story and I feel bad. I even, I, I, I have the phone number for his parents. I texted them last night because a couple of years ago, he, Ryan reached out to me when we we're having, believe it or not, we we're having issues with our daughter and he counseled me and my wife and we even talked to his mom and one of the sweetest people out there. And there, there, I, I briefly talked to her via text and she just commented on how, how, sad and upset they are they don't know the whole story and it just it was it's shocking news so i just want to well thank I you mean, for letting me have my yeah one thing you, <laughs> one said. thing we got to well, do i mean and we got to be reminded again with this uh quentin dunbar situation is if you start if you start believing the headlines that come out without any kind of examination into what went on then then what happens is somebody's career gets ruined, you know? Um, yeah. This, this, yeah. This whole thing with Den, with uh, with Dunbar, I mean, it's a scenario in which you have now a case of somebody pulling a gun and robbing somebody. It's going to have to be thrown out. So we may never hear the truth, you know? And the yep. situation with Ryan Leaf, you know, if that's just something that is alleged, um, and then it comes out to be that he's completely exonerated and innocent. Well, big deal. He's probably now lost his job with ESPN. He was with ESPN, right? Yes. Yeah, because because there's a stain of 
you know, credibility on him, even though that standard credibility comes from a completely disreputable source. And by the way, you know, you guys know TMZ well, is owned by Warner Brothers, right? Yeah, but, they're, they're but some, here, here's yeah, but here's the thing, though. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's a questionable source, but they're reporting a fact. And the fact is, and I'm, I mean, you can go online right now, and it's been confirmed by Associated Press. Just the fact is that he was arrested and booked. I actually was able to quickly pull up the, uh, the sheriff's website, and I can look at his booking report right here on right now. Uh, he was booked at, at, uh, at uh, 3.30 in the afternoon um, on Friday, and the charge is battery spouse slash EX slash SP, whatever, and he was he's out on bail right now. So they reported that he, he was booked, and he has been. That is a fact. Yeah, but Obviously, that's not... Obviously, you don't want to sensationalize not, it and all that, but you can report a fact. Yeah, but that's not how they do it. You, you brought up the word sensationalize, and that's exactly what they do. That's is the they story. sensationalize yeah, I, it with their headlines, I, and it's completely... I mean, these, I are, great, these are guys who stand on the graves of people because it, it sells clicks on the internet, you know? No, I understand, and I, yeah. I, I'm against the sensationalism of it, but, but I mean, you know, like I said, but the, the Associated Press has gone and actually confirmed the facts of the case, the facts of the situation. Now, obviously, there is there is more to the story, and, and you know, we may or may not ever find out, because not necessarily any of our business, um, but, uh, you know, we may find out more and more, and, and it, may, it may have been a wrongful, you know, arrest, and all charges may be dismissed, but... Um, you know, it, you can't really fault them for reporting the fact that he was arrested because it did happen. Is what I'm saying. So uh, at the core of it, there really is truth. But is can, it our business? Not really. I can definitely, no. I can definitely fault them because they they've been caught time after time getting things wrong, and you know, it, yep. it, 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 yeah, it makes me wonder about their their credibility. I mean, they they went off on the Kobe Bryant situation and started reporting things that people, again, they report things sometimes that people said. And yeah. when people hear it, it gets in your head, and that's what you assume, and, you know, forget forget the whole actual facts that come out later. Uh, they jump the gun on things, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. And they do it because they exactly. know they can get clicks. Didn't they report Kobe's death before his wife even knew about it? Yes, they Someone did. did. They did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> terrible. Well, and there were, what, 19 other people on that helicopter? I mean, what about them? Why, why are we focusing on one person? Well, only because it's a whole thing. But... The whole event is a tragedy, and we should be, you know, that, that you know, that we should be looking into why it happened and seeing if we can prevent it from happening again. Well, but, but that's, not, that's not TMZ's mission statement. Their, I know. Their mission statement is to be the first to, first to grab yeah. onto stuff so that, again, like I said, Warner Brothers can have, can have their uh, 30 seconds of fame really not worth it <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean you wait five minutes and everyone else is reporting and it's not really worth it to be 30 seconds back i'd love to Excuse see them taken down like gawker was that's what i would like very i love it yep <laughs> <laughs> all right ta- yeah hope they get taken down but let's break something down and that's the addition of a new running back to your seattle seahawks in one carlos hyde what do you guys think about carlos hyde coming to I personally love it. I think I, I think he's got a little bit of juice left in his legs. We need the competition. We need Penny's not going to be ready for the season to start if we start on time. Um, the guy 
ran for a thousand yards again last year behind what the Texans offensive line. They probably granted they probably their line is probably a little bit better than ours, but I, I three million dollars or something, and it could be up to four million with incentives. I that was a great move. I, I mean, I two months ago I was rooting for Devonta Freeman, and obviously we didn't get him, but I'm okay with Hyde as his second choice. Matt? Okay, we lost Matt. Um, but I don't know. I I, I, I feel oh, like... Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, did, did uh, Matt... Did for, Matt... for some reason, my, my microphone got muted. I'm, I think I bumped a little thing on my my cord. Okay. Uh, my apologies. I thought maybe you went into uh, the yeah. land... I think maybe you went into the land of some Oregon game against Ohio State 20 years ago. <laughs> you know, and like, oh, I remember Carlos Heidi beat us in the tidy bowl back in, in my, in my, PTSD, <laughs> in my PTSD or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I have flashbacks. Uh, no, I, uh, all, all cards on the table. I, they were talking to Devonte Freeman and I wanted Freeman more than I wanted Hyde, but um, I do like the addition. Uh, I think he fits our offense better than, than Freeman does because we don't honestly, our, uh, um, our offensive coordinator doesn't know how to do screens all that much, and Freeman is more of a screen and 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 pass catching running back than Hyde is. Um, so Hyde is more of a physical up the gut kind of runner, and that that fits, fits the style of our, our of our offense and our play of our other running backs as well. Um, so I I think this is a great it's a depth pick. That's what really what it is. Is we're concerned about injuries and banged up players. This will add to that that uh, that stable running backs. I think it makes us better. Um, but it's not like we added a superstar or anything. Let's just realize this is a depth addition, and it does it does make us a little deeper, which is good. You need you need a deep team to make it to the playoffs in this league. Yeah, what this tells yeah. me is we are completely out of the running for any kind of star mm-hmm. defensive lineman coming to this team. If there's any additions that are being made, it's little pieces like this. Um, you know, it'll be a it'll be a second or third string defensive end that they add, maybe a you know, just depth picks at this point because they're definitely not saving up for anything big. I like Carlos Hyde. I think this is a much better pick than Freeman, and that's just based off of durability. Granted, Hyde's over 30. He's over 30, right? At least he feels like he's been in the league for 29. He's 29 and 246 days. He turns 30 this season. God, has he been in the league for like – I feel like he's been in the league – you know, since uh, Chris Warren was running for the Seahawks. I... <laughs> He's been since 2014. Maybe it's because he just keeps running on the Seahawks really well. And I get, I'm get, i like, when is this there guy going to retire? Anyway, um, yeah, I do like him because he kind of seems like a guy who's okay with splitting carries. He's uh, Wasn't last year his first time over 1,000 yards? Does that sound yes. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. like He's he come w- close a couple times, but, yeah, it was the first time. Like, he wouldn't mind if he gets five carries in one game uh, and then ends up with 20 carries the next game because Carson gets injured or something like that. I feel like he's a guy that's, it's like, knows exactly what his role is and will do anything to, to get to the to promised land of the playoffs. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I, I, I like the pick. Um, but what do you guys so think about my statement? What do you guys think about my statement, though, as yeah. far as – oh, let me finish here. Uh, I just want to get, okay. get back to um, what do you guys think of my opinion that this means we're not getting uh, Clowney. This means we're not getting Griffin. Agree? Disagree? That's, that's, um, I agree with you. That's why I was trying to interrupt you there. Oh, okay. Bad, sorry, but, sorry. Um, curious how much left it is with the salary cap where they're maybe they're, I mean, 
got another high-priced player or not to, if they do go after somebody like Clowney or Griffin. But what about somebody like you You mentioned him before, Abe, Damon Snacks Harrison. Is he affordable for a one-year deal or two-year deal? I think you played at Detroit or something somewhere, but yeah, so you with, talked about him in a previous podcast. So with, uh, with our salary cap the way it is, and you take away rookie contracts, you only have about six million left. Is that enough okay. for Snacks Harrison? I would have to hope he takes a discount, but I would be a fan of him. Yes, I would like him. Okay, so maybe like a one-year deal. Yeah. Well, first of all, um, this this signing did not break the bank. This this signing, well, the, well, the uh, from everything I've read, there isn't really a published um, cost. Like they haven't really, they haven't, they haven't made it public how much, uh, how much he's going to make. It's going to be the, the, the thinking is between two and $3 million for one year. Um, so that still leaves plenty of room. And the reality is, is that there are players still floating out there as we're heading into, we're going to head into camp. And I think we could still, I could still see us landing Griffin, um, I think we're absolutely done with Clowney. I think we sh- we've walked away, and I think that we should have done that months before we did. But uh, I, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't give up on the fact that we might have some some cash ready available to uh, to uh, to still get ourselves a one year deal on a on a defensive end that's been sitting out there too long or tackle. And they just they need a job, you know. There reaches a point where you can hold out only so long. Yep. Well, if you, like I said, you only got about $6 million left. So what that means is, Matt, that you have to dump some players. And, well, we've hang on, shown hang, we've been willing to do that. We've got 17 offensive linemen. We can cut a few of those. <laughs> no, you need, you need all those linemen. <laughs> the Seahawks have proven it. Let me, let me throw up, um, there was an article by Jim Moore. Uh, um, he was mentioning the following players. Here it is. I found it. Uh, let me let me see what you guys think about this. Jim Moore states that in in this order, these are the Seahawks that are most likely to get cut to add money to the salary cap. He lists KJ Wright number number one at the linebacker position, Brandon Jackson, D lineman number two, Joey Hunt center number three, David Moore number four, Bradley McDougal number five, and Jacob Hollister number six. What do you guys think of that list as far as players likely to get cut? I think that's a certain possibility. I mean, KJ could be gone. I hate to have him go to go out that way, but but you mentioned what the Hollister. I could see him going. That would save some money. Joey Hunt. I mean, like Matt said, we have seventeen offensive linemen. There's a few where we could afford to get rid of and say add a little bit more money. I mean, we haven't talk, brought this up yet, but there are talks about Josh Gordon out there too as a wide receiver. If, if he gets reactivated, bring him in to, for competition. And I didn't want, and then Russell Wilson supposedly wants Antonio Brown, but that's another, that's a, that's a stupid want, <laughs> but, but, but those, and to answer your question, it is a possible reality. Those those players are. I totally agree with what Jim Moore said. What do you think about the order that he has them listed in? 
Oh, um, can, can, yeah. Sorry, well, I was gonna say one more thing. KJ shouldn't be on top. I, I, I like to wait. I hope he makes the team, but that's just personal opinion. Can you can you run down the list one more time for me again? Sorry. Sure. Um, and by the way, I do I do like the idea of Josh Gordon. Do you think he would work for Weed? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, the list is. Uh, most likely, most likely to be cut. Um, so this isn't his list of like what he wants. It's just, this is the most likely, uh, list to get cut. First person to get cut, KJ Wright, defensive lineman, Brandon Jackson, center, Joey Hunt, receiver, David Moore, safety, Bradley McDougald and tight end Jacob Hollister. Okay. Um, I can't them cutting KJ Wright when we don't have a, anyone to replace him at this point. Um, we just don't. We drafted a we drafted a linebacker who can't line or back. Um, so I don't know what he's going to do on the field. Um, Cody Barton is going to step up, but I don't think he's there yet. And Bruce Irvin. Eh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't see him cutting KJ right yet. Although that would, that would save some money. Brandon Jackson, unfortunately, we need as many people as we can. We're, we're already like five people too light on the defensive line right now. We need to keep him. That's the thing um, that really confuses me is more listed Brandon Jackson. You save two point one million, but that is the position we're trying to upgrade. <laughs> like, uh, or add to, yeah, like you said, like yeah, you can't be taken uh, away. From. To, yeah. We're already shorthanded there. Um, Joey Hunt, I wouldn't really mind if they cut. The problem is, is I mean, I guess who, is, is Finney going to be our center then? Because I think that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah, because we cut Britt, right? So yep. we got Postic, but Postic is not good enough for that. And I don't know. Um, David Moore, I think you mentioned. Yep. Um, He's our number three wideout. Who's going to be our number three wideout then? Um, Philip Dorsett. 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 I cut Dorsett before you cut Moore. Dorsett is not as good as Moore. Um, and then what about um, we had the guy we drafted from Florida last year, Florida, my uh, my uh, Hawaii last year. John Ursula. Um, Ursula. Ursula. Yeah. Expect him to step up. Um, Josh Gordon. Maybe we can get him on a super discount because he because he needs to just reestablish his value in this league and it works for weed. Uh, <laughs> and then you said McDougal. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I say no on McDougal. Like I, I think we need to hold on to him for at did, least one more year. Did, did you see? Yeah. Did you guys see anything from Marquise Blair that made you go, "All right, started for the next ten years at that position"? Like I didn't. Nope. I, I didn't see enough. Yeah, let me put it this way. I would hold on McDougal for another year. Agreed. And then the last one, did you mention, you mentioned Hollister, Hollister. right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I'd cut Hollister and I'd cut uh, uh, Wilson. Russell Wilson? We'd have no, enough money for Will... everybody. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm like, all of a sudden we'd have all the money um, we need. Because <laughs> you got Greg Olson. Who you big invested in, and you guys love, and he's a great player. But I, I anyway, um, we're not going to go down that. And you've got Disley, who uh, is going to miss at least half the season probably, but he'll be back at some point. And then you drafted my favorite draft pick, Parkinson. Um, yep. You know, 
Olsen's going to be getting the lion's shares of the of the uh, of the the starts. We all know that he's going to get all the all the coverage, all the all the plays. Maybe you maybe you uh, maybe you then go and get off the off the waiver wire someone for absolute minimum a blocking tight end, and there you go. Yeah, and they also have, I believe, a couple of undrafted free agents and a seventh round pick that are also tight ends. Uh, yeah, you pr- yeah, we've got like eight. Got like eight tight ends on the roster right now. I'm sure you can cut loose Wilson and Hollister and save some money. Yeah, this this list, I I, I agree with you. I agree with you, Matt. The KJ Wright cutting him is going to seriously deplete that linebacking core. Uh, I don't I don't care if you're the most Pollyanna Seahawks fan of all time. In your heart of heart, when you close your eyes. Is Jordan Brooks KJ Wright? Not even close. I can't imagine him being as good as KJ Wright. Uh, yeah, I. That, so I, I would think if you're going to cut KJ Wright, you better have a monster coming in to play defensive line. That better be clowning. Yeah. Or else. Yeah, that's the thing. Is is our our linebacker core makes up for the de- deficiencies of our defensive line. We have an amazing linebacker core last year. And with KJ Wright and with Bobby Wagner and Kendricks was pretty dang good. Um, that covered for a lot of the deficiencies that our defensive line did. Now we have a gaping hole on our defensive line right now, and you want to diminish our, our our linebacker core even more? Let's make our let's make our defense. Why even put eleven man on the field? Let's just let's just give them a touchdown, spot them a touchdown, <laughs> and and you know let our offense try to outscore them. I mean. And as, as far as Joey Hunt goes, uh, you got to cut at least half these offensive linemen. <laughs> There's just no spot for him. <laughs> Maybe Joey Hunt could cut his hair too. Um, did, I like the hair. Come on. <laughs> there's no. Uh, there's no. <laughs> there's nothing bad about Joey Hunt, but I would imagine that there's another. You know, like Ethan Posick can do the exact same thing and cheaper. Uh, yep. Dave, David Moore, I disagree with you, Matt. I say dump that guy. I, I don't see anything from him. I think I, I kind of feel like at, at the wide receiver position in this offense, you don't need to pay for a third or four, third or a fourth receiver. All the passes are going to Lockett and to Metcalf. Let's just be honest about it. If it's going to ben anybody Olsen. else, what's that? Oh, Anderson. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Um, you don't need to spend money on anybody else. I mean, I don't see how David Moore is any better than Freddie Swain. Philip Dorsett, why did we even pick him? Why did we grab him? What's the point of him? Well, He's- I'm not con- – first of all, I'm not, concern- I'm not convinced Freddie Swain is an NFL, court- well, NFL player, but, yeah. <laughs> go, go on. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, I just kind of feel like there isn't any difference between positions three and six on an NFL receiving court roster. You know, uh, it, it, all you can do is pay the top two guys. Paying anybody else seems like a waste of time. So I feel like well, it depends upon your offense and your co- and your coordinator, and if they actually make use of those positions. Okay, let me rephrase that. In a ground-based offense like the Seahawks or the 49ers run, who cares who your sixth six-string receiver is? I, I do. Okay, you. Yeah, me too. You do that. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, definitely cut Jacob Hollister. We don't need 18 offensive linemen. We don't need 12 
tight ends. This is, I don't know what they were doing this offseason. Just baffling, baffling stuff. All right, uh, getting uh, to finish out the NFL for for just a moment, I want to I want to throw out there that when you look against the NFC West, Pro Football for, Pro Football Focus rated the Seahawks receiving core lower than the Cardinals, obviously lower than the 49ers and lower than the Rams. Are you guys buying that? Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Oh, do you want me to, you want me to, you want me to elaborate? Uh, this is a talk show. <laughs> yeah. One assumes that you talk. We, we can change um, this format to true or false uh, trivia. If you, uh, if you want. Well, um, I, I'm, I'm the Cardinals is the only one that I would question, but the Cardinals have the second greatest wide receiver of all time uh, on their roster still. So it, even in his diminished, you know, age 47 season or whatever he's at, uh, he's still better than I'd still have rather have him on my team than Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf. Um, I'd still put him ahead of those. Uh, but is that, is that projected for next year or for last year? Based off of last year's stats. Okay. Based off of last year's stats, at the end of the year, we had a worse, worse receiver core. Right. Yeah, I can still see that. Um, you know, the, uh, the 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 49ers have compiled. Uh, they got Samuels, and they have um, uh, they had Emmanuel Sanders, and they had there was another guy in there that that was in the mix that was really good. They had a lot of they had some nobodies that were actually stepped up. The Rams, of course, have Cooper Cup, so they are the best, obviously. Uh, no, they also have, uh, 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 what's his name from of USC. Um, and then they had, Robert uh, Woods. yeah, Robert Woods. And then they had, um, other oh, guy that went to, yeah, the other uh, guy went to Houston. The guy who used to be in Buffalo and now is in, yeah. Uh, oh, no, no, you're thinking of uh, the Oregon state, Brandon Woods, the cooks, I mean, and then yeah. there did they also have, um, uh, Sammy, uh, did they have Watkins? For part of the season or whatever, they did, but he didn't do much. I mean, actually, I would say Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby was more. He went important. to Kansas City, I thought. Yeah, they, I thought they, either they trade him or did was he? Yeah, I don't remember if he was on their team for part of the season or not. Yeah, um, but so think, they actually had a they, they have a really deep wide receiver core. Yeah, I think Tyler Higby is also what kind of gives oh, them yeah. gives them some edge. But I don't know. I look at the 49ers, and y- you're telling me I'm supposed to get excited about. Like anybody other than George Kittle? Really? I'm supposed to get excited. Uh, Debo Samuel's Samuel. electric. He's electric, but I mean. Dante Pettis. What, what about your boy Pettis? Yeah, come on, man. What about my boy Kendrick Bourne, who went to the Eastern Washington University? There you go. Yeah. You should be excited. Yeah. He's, he's, the only, he's only the second best Eastern receiver in the NFL. Um, but no, I mean, I look at, I look at the Seahawks and – I feel like the offensive stats don't come to Lockett or to Metcalf, but on every other team, they would be super duper stars. They, they'd be all pros. I mean, when you, when you play in the air raid, of course, you know, the receivers there, by the way, after Fitzgerald and Hopkins, that's a miserable receiving core on the Cardinals. If you want to take the whole team into account, it's it's just basically two guys and a bunch of dwarves. You telling me Christian? You tell me Christian Kirk matters? 
He doesn't matter. He, he's still got potential. What's he only been in the league a year? Christian Kirk? Yeah. Potential. Who cares about potential? I, I want to see something on the field. I'm going to answer your question. Yeah, go for it. I agree with that list. Our wide receivers are the fourth, the worst in the NFC West, what you were asking us. And I also agree going into the year, we're probably tied for last after their top two wide receivers are what our wide outs are a pile of. <clears throat> so, yeah, but I feel like we, that's the same thing for the Cardinals. I don't think they're anything special. Uh, and but, I definitely uh, don't think the, I definitely don't think the 49ers are special. John Lynch um, I, different. I disagree on the 49ers. The 49ers are, especially moving into this next year, they're they're set up. They're set up very nicely with Samuel Bourne, Ayuk, Kittle, uh, Jalen Hurd, Dante Pettis. I mean that that that's a that's 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 a deep core. Um, <laughs> it is. It's better than it's, it's far better than our core. We have three, and that's it. They have like four or five that are really good. Well, they, I, we have three. I and you just said yourself, it's pointless to have anyone beyond that. It is. I mean, the, kind of the whole argument's a little bit pointless. I just thought I'd bring it up because um, I, I feel like, again, Lockett and Metcalf don't get the notoriety they deserve. And it, it's just utterly baffling. I mean, didn't Lockett two years ago set the record for best uh, best rating by a receiver? Like, he didn't drop anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, – and Metcalf's going to be a monster. If he played in any other team, if Metcalf played on any other team, he'd get about four more touches a game. But neither of them is DeAndre Hopkins or Larry Fitzgerald. Exactly. Uh, well, Larry Fitzgerald isn't Larry Fitzgerald anymore. He's good. He's not He's not Larry Fitzgerald from five years ago. That's a fact. You can just take a look at oh, the absolutely. stats. But, I mean, the, the Hopkins, number one. George Kittle, number one. I got that. I understand that. Uh, you could even pick, put Cooper Cup in there. But are you telling me Lockett is getting the recognition that he deserves across the league? Across yes. the league? By fans. Yeah. By fans and media. Well, by fans, no. By defenses, yeah. Yeah. Defenses respect him, and they treat him accordingly. Because they have to, they know they they, they watch the film. They, there's no way they can ignore that. But mm-hmm. uh, I think I think uh, I think I think you're right in terms of fans across the country and all that. No, no, he doesn't getting the notice that he should. But he also isn't getting um, the crazy catches and the, and the highlight reels and 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 the you know he's not he's not DeAndre Hopkins. You know, so he's not going to get noticed across the league as much. Mm, yeah. Yes. He doesn't get the uh, the jaw dropping highlight reels. He's a lunchbox guy. He's a blue collar guy, and those those type of guys, the the uh, uh, Baldwin, you know, Baldwin's of the world don't get those don't get those uh, highlight reel catches. I mean, that's that's true, but I still want those guys. And if you're telling me if you're telling me that you know Debo Samuel makes a lot of highlight highlight plays, but if you're telling me that you know, you get one guy, you get Lockett or Debo Samuel. I'll start a team around Lockett first. That's all there is to it. I mean, it's uh, Samuel's good. Samuel's good in, um, you know, in those in those highlight reels. But did he show up when needed on third downs? That wasn't his role. That was George Kittle's role. 
And if if he were more capable, I think we would have seen it from Debo Samuel. But yeah. Um, but you do you do realize that Debo Samuel was a rookie last year. So. So most wide receiver is a tough position to step in and be be you know instantaneously superstar. Uh-huh. Okay. It's a very tough decision, tough position to do that, and okay. it usually takes a lot of top top wide receivers a year or two to get into speed, up to speed. So this next year, we might see a Samuel that plays on a whole other level, up there, you know, next to uh, next to Hopkins. He might he might pass lock it a big uh, way. You, oh, so would that be the same for DK Metcalf? DK Metcalf. Mm. Surprised everyone in the world by by instantly locking in on that, and yeah. and now all credit aware, to him, he put in the work. And you're aware the D K Metcalf has more yards than Samuel did, right? Yes, that he had a better also, season. He had a better season yes. than Samuel. Better, well, you're better average, average per catch. You're also more third down catches. I, yes, but you're also putting him in an you're also comparing apples to oranges yep. i'm not i'm 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 comparing lionizing debo samuel something amazing when we got a guy that's done better uh so far and in an offense that is a lot more simpler and doesn't have as many playmakers as the 49ers did last year simpler what does that have to do with yeah. anything he has fewer opportunities he had fewer catches than Debo Samuel and still that's out the point. That's still what I'm him. They, they, they spread the ball around. They have more playmakers. He's going to get less opportunities than DK Metcalf when there's only two wide receivers on the team. No, no, no. Metcalf had fewer opportunities, fewer targets, and fewer receptions than Samuel. Because and still outperformed because of different situations. I'm just saying. I I, I don't. I, the jury's still out on both. Okay, at this point. Okay. But I think but, I think Samuel's ceiling is a little bit higher now. No. Hold your horses. I am the guy who was championing drafting Metcalf. I was also the first man on board the uh, the locket train, if you remember correctly. Yeah, which is I love confusing both. to me why I'm you're going against him. I absolutely love both. You but are a self-hater. You're a Seahawks I'm realistic. You don't? I'm wow. I have realistic expectations. I'm sorry. Well, you're, you're one of these typical people I'm talking about across the no. country who – overlook DK Metcalf and his abilities. And I mean, if you just look at like, if you look at the physique and the speed and the power that he has, you know, and you look at Debo Samuel and he's who like, was little, pushing to draft him? No, who was, who was screaming at the television? You, you. Yeah, I was. <laughs> but you're, which you were actually screaming. I do remember that. Um, <laughs> I'm very happy that we got him. Okay. Well, you wanted him on but, day, uh, you wanted him here, day here's one. Another, well, here, yeah, we did. Here's here's the uh, here's the kicker though. Also, you didn't think about this. One of these wide receivers has an excellent quarterback. The other one has a dirtbag, crappy quarterback. Dirtbag. Well, hang on. You can't call him a dirtbag. That's okay. The other <laughs> one has a the other one has a league average quarterback. Adequate. And one of them has one of them has the best quarterback, arguably in the game. You can make that argument right now in terms of carrying his team and so forth. One one of those one of those wide receivers has arguably the best quarterback in the game, and the other one has a league average quarterback. Well, and that you just played right in my hands, and the reason why I'm right and you're wrong, because we're now we're talking about you know who has the best receiving core, and I'm saying that DK Metcalf is 
is better is yeah it, he you got to put him at least at Debo Samuel you know level and or you and all the other fans out there aren't even doing that and it's it just it, it's amazing to me it's like what does the guy have to do what does Lockett have to do to get any kind of recognition around here what does he have to do uh, Solak what does he have to do can you repeat that last part? I'm sorry. <laughs> I think Solek might be like our audience right now. Okay, are they just going to they just going to argue about two receivers? <laughs> I was enjoying it, but <laughs> all right, we'll ready switch. for me to throw the ball at you. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> all right, we'll switch. We'll switch sports and switch topics here. Let's go to Major League Soccer, where we found out this week that. MLS is in talks to start their season in Orlando, play their season basically in Orlando until each state opens up, you know, until their prospective states open up. Um, and the idea would be, would be to take each, each of the uh, winners of the major awards. So they would take the Sounders who won the MLS cup, LAFC who won the season, you know, best season. It's called the supporter shield uh, Atlanta who won another uh, trophy and then Toronto, who were the runner-ups in the uh, MLS Cup. And the idea is to have a pod system of four divisions. And you put those four teams in the in, in the divisions, and then you kind of like create a competitive balance by seeding in other teams. And what you do is you play World Cup style, where everybody plays a round robin of five games, and then the top two teams advance into the playoff systems. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think about this World Cup system for – the MLS season. Can I, can I, can I sue? Because it was my idea. <laughs> That's all I want to know. You should I, 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 I suggested it. What, like five or six podcasts ago that we do some kind of world cup or, you know, mini world cup. My idea was to involve the Mexican league, uh, Mexican leagues and so forth as well. But, you know, maybe do a North America one, but this is basically the same thing. Build a little world cup tournament and 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 do it instead of a season and i'm fully on board i love this idea i agree um i personally don't watch soccer that much but i do watch the world cup and to see this format be applied to the mls season just for the 2020 i think that's a great idea and i promise you it'll i will be watching more soccer if that's what they the route they go yeah i love the idea i mean it's it's a matter of getting in some kind of sports. And if you're for, if you're forced to play in quarantine, you know, at some field in Orlando that, that they're, they're, they're proposing. Well, you know, you can get a ton of games in, in a day, you know, and throughout the week, you just play at, um, what is that called? Camping world stadium or whatever it is, where central Florida plays their games. Is that what it's called? Camping World, I think that's what it's called. Uh, anyway, you play you play at a stadium. Everybody's playing on the same pitch. You get these games over with. Uh, you you have fewer games, which all of a sudden makes every game important. And you're more likely, like Solak, you said, to get a casual fan to watch a random game because it actually means something. And it's you know, you're basically skipping the regular season and having a playoff. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Big fan of this. And you're right, Matt. This we is, we had been talking about this idea. weeks ago. Yeah. All right, this cool. Is, this is yeah. This this is only this yeah, like you said, every it, it adds the weight to every game. It makes every game feel like the playoffs. 
it, it definitely um, heightens the uh, the fun of, of every game. I I'm, I'm I love this idea. Uh, let's see here. So I guess the NBA is following suit, and they're looking at uh, they're looking at doing something similar, uh, not as far as the playoff format, but operating out of Orlando, and basically they would all stay in Disney hotels, which are not being used at this time. And they'll probably just play at the Orlando Magic Stadium uh, with no fans. What do you guys think about the NBA restarting in that kind of format? Uh, we've talked about, I guess, kind of in the past. And I, I, again, I'm for it for just one year. I'll something to watch. I mean, are the, let me rephrase that. Is this to finish off the 2019 2020 season, or is this going to be for the next 2020 to 21 season? Uh, that depends. What, the, the, the intent was to finish off the previous season, but I mean, this thing's going on so long. I think they're thinking about why don't we just start the first couple of months of the next season in Orlando and then start feeding back to our regular arenas. Well, then why not make it happen? But how, how are they going to, I mean, I know Florida is a big state, but it just makes me think you got two wrestling organizations. They're going to play basketball, soccer, possibly baseball portion that down there. I mean, good Lord. Don't, don't forget they're building an Island for UFC. There. Exactly. <laughs> building an Gosh, Island. What? Yeah. UFC, they're going to play They're going to fight, do fights on a, on a private Island. So they oh. can get around. All <laughs> okay. the uh, That's you, insane. I mean, I don't, hopefully, oh, I don't know how that's part, all going to work. Out. Here's the part I don't get for MLS. Uh, and baseball. How are you going to play in Florida in September hurricane season? True. I mean, like, well, there's, think about that. There, there's another consideration that I was reading about that, that we, that we haven't discussed yet on, on top of that though, is, is, is the COVID situation because basketball is an indoor sport. It's more physical. Uh, you're sweating a lot and, COVID likes the indoors and it likes the, that kind of environment. It's tougher to protect players uh, in that situation where versus, versus a, uh, you know, like soccer, you're outdoors and you're not touching each other. So it's a lot easier potentially to stay healthy, but COVID likes the indoors and it likes, you know, fluid contact and, and all that. And, and it, you know, basketball might be a lot more dangerous without getting too, yep. poli- without getting too political. Cause that's not our show. Uh, I don't think Florida cares. <laughs> well, they don't. <laughs> so they don't. I think there's a reason why they're the league, there's a reason why they're going the, to Florida because the governor. Well, the players' care. union, the players' union should be putting the brakes on this. Well, the big the, one, the, the big problem is going to be the MLS because they have not ratified their CBA, and there's a very easy way to for the players to get out of it, and that's to say, okay, well, you know, that's not in the CBA, and we aren't signing. You know, uh, that that's going to be that's going to be pretty easy for them. Uh, I don't know the situ- I don't know the specifics of the NBA's collective bargaining agreement. Um, but I feel like, I feel like uh, for, I feel like for soccer, it could be potentially a huge problem. Well, I mean, right. but like I said, I mean, in terms of, in terms of, of, you know, in terms of just keeping the players safe and healthy, it's, it's easier to keep, soccer players healthy than it would be to keep the basketball players healthy. Right. But I'm just, I was just referring to the comment that you made about, you know, would the yeah. players agree to do it? Um, it? In, in soccer, 
I, I could see they need their stars much more than like NBA does the best job of promoting their stars, but they got a lot of stars and a lot of names that are household. If they missed having LeBron, not a big deal because there's probably some rookie, you know, that played in college that people know MLS might uh-huh. have, might have a bigger problem. And without a signed collective bargaining agreement, I could see that going South real fast. Just from a player's perspective. What about you? Solak? Yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, so like, what do you think about, you know, just the logistics of how this is going to work? Any for, for soccer, just you're anything, talking about soccer now. Any, any of them. Yeah. I, it sounds like they got a solid plan. I mean, I, I agree with you. I didn't know, like I said, I don't follow soccer much, but I didn't know about the collective bar, bargaining agreement. Then he brought up the weather situation. I mean, I don't know how they're going to be able to make that work, but I think basketball basketball ideas should be no issues, and I think it's a great idea. Why not? Um, but yeah, yeah, like that, that soccer thing. I don't. Uh, more and more, I think about it. Since you brought that up, I don't see that see them playing doing going with that plan. Then I don't see how they can. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna have to be overcome. Um, which is weird. I don't see the same outcry from the NBA. Like I don't, I, yeah, I find that, I find that part fascinating because I agree with you, Matt. I think it probably is more dangerous environment being closer together yep. uh, than the other sports, but it doesn't seem yeah, to have the same, was, like that doesn't yeah. seem to have the same outcry. Professional wrestling does not seem to have the same outcry. It's, it's a fascinating thing. I, I don't know what goes into it quite yet. It's a, it's a cultural thing. We have, we have, yeah, not without getting too political. We have we have a, a uh, we have we're having a we're having a culture uh, problem in our in our country right now. We have people who are who uh, refuse to listen to reason, and we have people who you know there's clashing arguments, and they, people make this political when really it shouldn't be. It's scientific and it's factual based, and it's the fact is is where these these measures are being taken to protect people's lives, and if it's not to protect you by wearing a mask, it's to protect everyone around you by wearing a mask. And there's people out there that are, you know, getting outraged that I have to, that I have to wear a mask and all that stuff. And it, it, it extends into our sports. We're, we're trying, we, you know, we, we're trying too fast to pick up and, 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 and pretend like this whole situation has passed. Like we had our two months and we all sat on our butts at home and, and we, you know, okay, the danger's gone. And in fact, the danger is actually higher now than it ever was. There are more people infected today than there were when we started the lockdown. But we're rushing to reopen anyway, and we need to stop and we need to realize sports may not be essential, may not actually. I, I hate. I know I'm saying this on a sports show, <laughs> uh, but in reality, we need to consider that maybe we shouldn't be having these seasons. You know, maybe we should be sitting on our butt again for another couple of months because we're not through the woods yet. And every every sci- every medical expert out there and scientist is saying that, and we're just ignoring them because we've we're all done. I'm 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 feeling it too. I I, I want to get out there. I want to do stuff, and I want to watch. I want to watch baseball more than anything in the world right now. But it's more important to keep people safe. That should come before anything else. And it it it, it that all it all rolls back to that that pressure that we're feeling. We got to get these going. We got to get these games going. 
and I know understand understand financial issues come into play there too, but the economy that we're trying to reboot and 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 these and these these teams, they're based on people at, at the at the the base level. The economy is the people. You have to save the people to save the economy. You have to save the players to still have a league down the road, you know, and and have a have an arena where people want to go and watch these games. Uh, so. I, I, I worry we're rushing without really paying attention. And that's why I brought up the, the, the COVID transmission for basketball indoors. Football is a whole other level. Football is even worse. So anyway, so like you, anyway, so like, yeah. are you watching uh, all elite wrestling tonight? <laughs> I, I'm glad you actually brought that up. I've, I've actually started, I recorded it this week and, I, I when it first started on TNT, I watched it and I stopped. I said, "No, nah, I don't need this crap in my life." But now I, I, I watched Wednesday and, and I, I saw what all the who's going to be fighting the pay per view, and then how they in the very end when they have those two groups of five, you probably can name what those groups are the wrestlers. You got the but they're going to the inner circle versus the elite. Okay, inner circle versus elite. Yeah, and that that that. Oh, to watch that they're fighting in is, is that the Dolphin Stadium tonight? Is that what they're going to be? Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguar, Canada? Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. Oh, okay, that's right because the owners runs that. The yeah, owner owns right. the Jaguars. Yeah. I, I thought that was kind of amazing how they went from the ring and then the guy left the ring and before you know it he was in the football field. But I forgot that they're all <laughs> together there. <laughs> By the way, no, the... I, I'm, I'm not watching. I'm, I'm not watching. To answer your question, I'm not watching. I wish I was. How about you? Are you going oh, yeah, to watch? Be... I'll be watching even after Matt's ram, rampage, uh, but I will do it for my, but I'll do it for my home, Matt. I will not go to Jacksonville to watch it. Um, so. rampage. Yeah, but no, the athletes are the ones at risk. I mean, they should be, you should be concerned for them. All anyway. right. So uh, just to finish up the show here, just want to talk a little bit about the Michael Jordan. Uh, uh, I, I hesitate to say the word documentary because it's kind of a, uh, a puff piece is what people have been referring to it. Um, so like, so like, what do you think about uh, the Michael Jackson, uh, not Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan uh, video series? <laughs> Might as well be Michael Jackson. Might as well be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember talking about you guys before, but I think I'm the only one who's watched all 10 episodes. I don't even know if you guys watched an episode, but. I couldn't, I couldn't. The more and more I watched it. The, uh, Go ahead. Sorry. It got better. It got better as it went on, but it makes. I mean, Jordan. You can tell it's all about Michael Jordan. What a great player he is, and you know he had say in everything. And also, to me, show what a jerk he is and a bully he is. I mean, I know he's the best player, one of the best players in the world at that time. But they'd show him watching these interviews, like talking to former Bulls players, and he's sitting there in his house having a cocktail or a glass of whiskey or whatever. And his eyes are freaking beet red and who knows what else he was doing, but they'd show his reactions <laughs> about it. And it's like, Oh yeah. He, he wants people to go, oh, but poor Michael Jordan. People are talking, you know what about him? You poor little baby. You get where I'm going. I'm just rambling, but th that whole series was about him and he had every say in it. And, uh, Horace Grant, I forget what the article that you shared on Seattle Sports Union on our Facebook page, but he talked about 
how he wants to settle. I mean, I think Jordan, I don't know. You remember the story about that, Abe? Oh, yeah. Basically, basically Horace Grant got upset because Michael Jordan said that when he got to the Bulls and he, when he was a rookie, that all the players were doing cocaine, doing cocaine and were in hotels with hookers and whatnot. And uh, Horace Grant basically came out and said, that's not for Jordan to discuss to the public. And that's what, that's what one would call a snitch. And uh, Horace Grant got pretty much. And Horace Grant uh, told a story about uh, he had a bad game once and on the plane, Michael Jordan told the stewardess to not give Horace Grant his dinner. Man. And so Grant challenged Jordan to a fight <laughs> and Jordan backed down. That's right. And, uh, That's right. and yeah, Grant, the article basically was Grant asking why he wasn't interviewed, you know, for this documentary series, uh, because he's got a lot of stories about Jordan that he'd like to tell people. <laughs> um, uh, I, I have a question. Um, so he was so Jordan was sitting on his couch and he had red eyes. Are you lamenting the fact that he has really bad uh, hay fever, or sure. is there uh, an indication of uh, something else going on there? I you know <laughs> you can take it as you want. I, I'll okay. start rumors. I, I don't care. Maybe he's, maybe maybe he's suggesting that Josh Gordon is over at Jordan's house right now. <laughs> oh, it's certainly right. possible. Okay, all right. Um, Back to that story, I read another story online. Mark Henry, former wrestler, WWE wrestler, former Olympic, Olympic athlete. Uh, I think Olympic it was weightlifter. A, weightlifter, yeah. It was the 92 or 94 games, whatever it was, summer games. And he went over and started talking to some of the players. And Michael Jordan comes over and says, like, who the bleep are you? And, I mean, he he, he was rude. All, all the basketball players were nice to Mark Henry and, and Jordan – walks over and like looks down on Mark Henry and, you know, talks his trash to him. And was this during the Olympics? Like, where I know, yeah, I was at the Olympics and uh, Mark, Mark Henry's like, who the bleep are you to treat me like that? We're all a you know, family here, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm trying to keep the vulgarity out. There's a lot of vulgarity in the story, but I was always against the NBA putting together their dream team in what was it? 92. Yeah. I think it was 92. Um, yeah, I think so. They put together a dream team. They blow the lids, you know, the, the roof off of the ratings. I understand there's a money aspect to it. You got to sell jerseys and you got to sell shoes and whatnot. Um, but I mean, is there, is there any personal joy that I got watching us win by a hundred points? But no, not no. in the least. I, and I don't understand the type of person who, who sits there and, puffs their chest, you know, we destroyed this team by, by a hundred points. It's kind of like, uh, what's that team? What's that, uh, high school team up in, uh, up in Everett, uh, Bishop, um, uh, Oh yeah. Bishop Archbishop Murphy. Murphy. Archbishop Murphy. Yeah. Archbishop yeah. Murphy. That's it. Um, um, they're playing in a league that they shouldn't be in. They should be in a much higher league and how, you know, uh, for the dream team, they shouldn't be playing against, you know, the foes that they were playing. It just, it was like watching the Harlem Globetrotters. And uh, although there's some fun that can be had with that, I don't know. I just felt like, it felt gross. It, it, it didn't feel like actual athletic competition. And the way that, mm. and the way, the story you just told, 
it makes me think that that entire team was probably that way to the other Olympic athletes. I mean, heck, just a couple of years later, uh, they didn't even stay in the village. The basketball players stayed on a yacht out in the out in the. Uh, that's right. Was that the land? That was in Greece. Yeah. I forget which. Uh, Greece. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So. What a what a joke. It is. Um, I'm going to add something to that real quick because you brought it up in our pre-show topics, but uh, former, hopefully it doesn't make me sound like a jerk, but take it out however you want to, but former coach Jerry Sloan of the Utah Jazz passed away. Rest in peace. He's probably one of the best, I'd say top 10 NBA coaches of all time, but I was, he was featured in the 97-98 finals against Chicago Bulls. Kind of the irony of him, this show coming out and then all of a sudden he died is like maybe this drove him to his grave or something. I don't know, but why do you happen to know why he passed away? Did was it just because of old age or uh, he was, why? He he was pretty old. I don't know the I don't know the specifics now, but he was pretty old. Okay. Yeah, it really sucks. Uh, there was always it, there's always this kind of thing where if you don't win the big one, you're never considered in the top tier. You know, and that that's always kind of been a bummer. I mean, like, uh, I don't know if you guys remember Tom Osborne from the University of Nebraska. He was, oh, yeah. ba- he was basically considered a bum until 1995. You know, oh, that Tom Osborne, he's always going undefeated, but he never, or not undefeated, but you know what I mean. He, he's always got great teams, but he never does anything with it. It's like, well, sometimes a little bit of luck plays into these things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of sucks. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to add, he, he died from uh, Parkinson's. Oh, okay. I do feel bad, but that sucks. That's a terrible disease. It is. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, that brings us towards the end of our show. Ryan, did you I, have any? I, oh, go ahead. I, I, had, I had one last thing to discuss. I wanted to bring this up. Just kind of a fun fact. Um, do you guys want to pitch in for $1,500 for one night and go to Pensacola, Florida? Because the Pensacola Blue Wahoos have put their stadium up on Airbnb. <laughs> and for $1,500 a night, up to 10 guests get access to the stadium where you can go out and sleep on the field. Or uh, they actually have the team clubhouse that you can go sleep in. Uh, they got the, You get the batting cage, uh, batting cage set up. They, they, they'll set it up for batting practice. You can go and hit uh, balls all you want. You can run the bases. You can have a picnic out in the outfield, whatever you want to do, you can stay at the Pensacola Wahoos AA, the AA affiliate of the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> Stadium, That's, $1,500 a night, you can rent a field. I'm not traveling anywhere re- in, in, in today's uh, current events, but uh, maybe in the future. That sounds like a great idea. It does. It's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> any, any quick shout-outs, Brian? Uh, quick shout-out to Bellingham Bells. I, I think – um, their their season was supposed to start June 2nd. They're the college baseball team that we cover, for those who don't know, in the West Coast League. Um, they're, ha- they're kind of having a fun thing on uh, BellinghamBells.com. If you go there next Tuesday all day, they're going to have um, lot, lots of opening day events like trivia, music, uh, like replay of a, a special game from last year. If you're a Bellingham Bells fan or just a baseball fan in general, go Go watch. I mean, just for an hour or two. Just, I think it'd be kind of cool to see. So just give right. that, give Stephanie Morell and her team a shout out. All right. Thank you. Well, on behalf of Brian the Soulman Solak, Matthew Page, 
and myself, Abraham Deweese. We thank you all for listening. Check out all our great articles at SeattleSportsUnion.com as well. Check us out on Twitter at SeattleSportsU and like us on Facebook. We'll see you guys next week. Later.